Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 39. What's lore got to do with it? Got to do with it. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome. My name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, and this is Happy Hour, where we meet up at Tuesday, on Tuesdays at 5 o'clock, because the day is over, it's time to pull into the bar, see what the specials are, and have a chance to chill out and chat. Um, and with me is my amazing co-host... Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern. How are we doing this week, my friend? Woo! Uh, rough day today. Rough, rough day at work. Good to be here at the happy hour. At the... Uh... I, yeah, my, my blood pressure was up so much that I was like, I'm sweating, I'm sweating, I'm so angry, I'm sweating, you know, and then I spent the day in um, sub, sub Arctic temperatures, <laughs> so yeah, rough day, rough day, but I'm here and, you know, it's happy hour, let's do it. <laughs> well, I, I can't complain terribly because uh, yesterday morning, I'm... I'm talking to a coworker who's angry about a schedule we've set up for mm. a special kind of learning activity. We do, we're, we've worked in social emotional lessons mm. into our curriculum for the entire building. And mm. there have been complaints that there aren't enough of these activities spread out around enough teachers. Mm. So by the end of the year, it will translate to a full two extra hours oh. of prep time for some teachers compared to others. Mm. And that, that could be a contract issue. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're having this conversation. I've got crap to do. I have a meeting with the, the principal in 15 minutes to go over my evaluations. Can mm-hmm. we not be doing this now? Right. And then we hear on the PA, school is canceled due to a water main break in the vicinity. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay, then let's uh, <laughs> let's do this. Let's get out of here. Um, and then we had, um, yes, we had today off. Because mm-hmm. in our district, we take election day off oh, uh, because nice. we have all of the schools double as polling places. Oh. And so rather than having people coming in and voting and going out again and volunteers mm-hmm. and, and all that hoopla with all the kitties around, we just have the whole day off. Right, right. Which the union pats itself on the back to say, ha we've got election day as a mandated day off. So all of our staff <laughs> are free to vote. Nice. <laughs> Good, good, uh, good motion on their part. Yeah, that's a that was always the uh, deer hunt opening day of deer season in my schools when I was growing up was always just a day off. They just took a snow day and went blam. That that day is the nobody's going to be here anyway. I know. So (laughs) Michigan has fun, fun little traditions, Mm. um, depending on where you are in the state. Um, so yeah, so I can't complain too much cause I've had two days off. So yeah. I, I effectively got a four day weekend. Oh, nice. And tomorrow is a mm. half day, <laughs> but it's a half day. And then I have to work eight hours for conferences. Oh, bleh. and my, my big disappointment, we're doing conferences virtually again, yeah. which is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, zoom conferences are cool. Um, the downside, I have to do it at work. I oh. cannot do conferences from Mission Control. Weird. And it it bums me out 
because I could be so much more productive and non-productive yes. with my time between lessons at Mission Control right. than I will be on my little lappy toppy in the classroom. Yeah. So and yeah. I'm, I'm oh. still debating if I'm taking the Yeti with me. Because <laughs> I'm really tempted. I also have a multiple. I got new. My my green screen has new lighting. Yeah. And it's really tempting to take the Yeti and the lighting and set everything up studio style on my desk. Yeah. So I can I can turn around and go. Well, fine. If I'm gonna be here, I'm going to make it look cool. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. I I wouldn't add the extra setup and tear down time. It's yeah, five I, minutes. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not, that's, that's I mean, fine. I'm not taking the, the 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 top lights. I'm just taking my little uh, new my new little like uh, afterburner. I don't know what you want to call these things. My outriggers. Yeah. The things yeah, yeah. that get the shadows out of these regions mm -hmm. in the green screen because they're the hardest to keep lit because of my shadow. So uh, yes, everything. Yeah, we came here to talk politics and the fantasy world, and you're hearing all about how to properly set up a green screen. Which, by the way, kids. <laughs> Not as easy as they make it look. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's taken me like a year to get this thing working smoothly. Been streaming for six years now. Uh, nope, no green screen. That's all stuff. You know, it's all I, things I can grab. Uh, <laughs> Dave, welcome aboard. For those listening, that chime is a cheer from the amazing Dave DGD, Ooh. also famous for being the sponsor of the premiere episode of The Convergence, which we aired oh. last week. Yeah. Um, you can find it on YouTube, um, and you can check it out. Um, it is. It was a great time and mm. a lot of fun. Um, I also unfortunately have to write because Dave specifically said I want to sponsor the premiere. Right. All right, you got the premiere, but then um, Les, who is a um, who's in Australia, mm. also sponsored episode, and she wants a pond centric episode to be the one she sponsors. <laughs> and the episode started okay. with like an hour of me and pond role playing. Yeah. Coming through the convergence event. Oh, okay. So you did. Yeah, you are going with that it's spotlights and then the, the yeah, up. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to have yeah, to go yeah. in and do it again. It was a lot of fun, and I totally flaked on the name of the major NPC for that scene. So his name is Frederick, <laughs> but he's going to have changed it when they mm. meet him next. Got it. There was, You see, there was a gentleman who also had that same name. It created quite a bit of confusion as to who or who had not possibly had ended up with a woman who may or may not have already given her wedding vows to another gentleman. I thought it best just for a general rebranding. <laughs> well, and you know, an apocalypse makes those kind of things a little more flexible. There's not a lot of paperwork. To <laughs> well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And I, I take no credit for Harrison. Like many mm. things that the gray and I have talked about on here about writing, um, good artists create Great artists <laughs> steal. steal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And Harrison's my, one of my favorite, even though he's Confederate, he's one of my mm. favorite characters in Gettysburg. Mm. Um, yeah, the um, talking of, it was funny because I've been uh, uh, setting up my this campaign that's coming up. And in it, you know, I put down these, I, I made an entire discord channel for motivations for the campaign. And in that I've got all this stuff. And then it was funny because I'm trying to make this decision about the campaign. And in the end, I'm like, yeah, it, okay. They stole this one of the big 
uh, D&D streamer guys. And I'm like, yeah, they stole the idea for their campaign from another game, <laughs> another older game. And I'm thinking of using the same thing as that basis, you know, because what's old is new, you know, you do, you do, you, you, you scratch it down, put a new coat of paint on it and be like, that's the thing. While I am fully guilty of it, I will also point out that you cannot walk three steps through the Dungeons and Dragons channel on Twitch and not trip over somebody running Curse of Strahd. Mm -hmm. Um, And they run it in every RPG edition there is. Yes. So, I mean, it's, there's just certain certain tropes and stories and elements are just, they're fun. So you keep doing them. Right. Um, and I, re- I totally respect that. Speaking of fun, mm. you know what's fun? Mm. Politics are fun. <laughs> Make my dwarf front face. Um. Well, and the thing is, okay, so for those not in the United States, um, in the United States, in our Constitution, it lays out that we hold our, they sure are fun, exactly, Orby. <laughs> They hold out that the presidential elections are to be held on the first two, I believe it's in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. uh, the first Tuesday in November is -hmm. when people cast their ballots. Yeah. Um, And that has become the traditional day of all elections then, with the exception of a few local ones that might be off schedule, like school boards are elected in the summer. Yeah. Uh, but as a general rule, like in Michigan, where where we're both located, our, our governor is elected every four years. On this day, except she's on, or he or she, she's mm-hmm. present, is she, um, or they, things could change. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I going with this thought? Oh, yes, on the off years from the presidential election, which is every four years. So lots of ballots get cast, lots of voting happens. Um, and it's always on this particular Tuesday. And so since we're recording on this Tuesday, I thought we should talk politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but more in, in line with the idea of the kinds of things we've used in games, in stories, especially in the fantasy setting, that represents how governments are handled. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the kind of thing that at a certain point you do have to have a system of government. Yeah. People people gravitate to it naturally as, as, well, who's in charge? Who decided they were in charge? How do they stay in charge? And what's the benefit of them being in charge? Which yeah. also plays into the how do they get to be in charge and how do they stay in charge? Yep. Uh, uh, I like um, the the movie A Knight's Tale where they're like, you're not a knight. And he's like, but how did they become knights? You know, at the tip of a sword. <laughs> and and uh, I'm like, yes, yes, they do. That's how it happens. Uh, Game of Thrones, you know, your father's a killer, your brothers are killer, <laughs> killers. You, you know, your your sons are all gonna be killers. That's the way you stay in a lord, you know. <laughs> and, and it's well, Game of Thrones, I think, puts a really interesting spotlight mm-hmm. on the role of government and politics um, because of just the, the nature of it. Oh, yeah. You have to. It's the idea, for example, in the North, if you have enough of the I think I think in the TV series, I haven't read the books. I only follow the TV Mm. shows. um, That idea, though, of everyone has a castle. They have a small group of people that are their their army. And to Mm -hmm. be king of the North, you have to convince all these lords to bring their troops to you. Yeah. Which is a really like like spot on 
feudal system. <laughs> and it, 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 it happened in, his, in history because it kind of worked. Yep. You know, you, you, it wasn't true democracy. Yep. Because, like, peasant yeoman with spear doesn't really have a lot of say in things. Yeah. But you still had a certain amount of like, okay, if I want to be king, I have to convince these guys to show up, which means I'm, they kind of elect me king because if they all kind of go, yeah, no, <laughs> then I don't have an army and I can't do much. Exactly. You have your 40 days of service. So, and then eventually they were like, eh, you know, instead of showing up, cause you're like an old man, you can, you can pay me. <laughs> or you can send someone in your stead to come and be part of the army, you know? So, yeah, um. you had a lot of that. And I think that's kind of neat. And I think um, in a lot of RPGs, that's something I think we don't utilize enough. Right. Is that kind of an early proto democratic system. We mm -hmm. tend to fall into the, well, the king is the king because the king inherited it. Right. And everyone follows the king because they're the king and they command the knights and the knights answer to the king. And there isn't that sense of, well, yes, but at some point the knights are all going to figure out if they don't want to work for the king anymore, they don't have to. Right. <laughs> they can work for somebody else. Um, because who's going to enforce their, the king's edicts if not the knights? Yeah. Yeah, the and it's it's really, you know, right on the right on the nose that we're talking about this because I'm about to start the new campaign with the Grognards and the 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 overwhelming pre, uh, uh, prevalence in it is the empire has broken. OK, and so there's these basically, you know, six or seven duchies that have all kind of are now vying for, well, okay, the emperor is dead and the thing's going on. And then I slapped on top of it, like a war of uh, reformation, like the Italian wars and the, the, the 30 years war, you know, so now there's these religious divisions amongst the people too. And so they're all trying to figure out which religion it is. And there's a plague and it's, it's horrible and gritty and, you know, mud blood and death um so we'll uh we'll see how it plays out because uh what i did was i added a level of metagame where they all got to pick so there's three npc duchies and then there's four uh pc duchies they each got to design their own duchies i gave them little things and and they are going to make meta decisions about the, their duchy but their character in the game doesn't have to be from the duchy doesn't have to know anything about the duchy and none of that and then again there's the three major religions on top that are also at each other's throat so as um, religions usually are and i'm just saying wow politics hmm yeah that that's uh where my brain's at right now so it's it's really really a good thing to talk about well and it's funny though too because like with the convergence starting i have done no macro politic planning mm. um the the town where the players are starting in is based off of oxford michigan which is a very small uh two street downtown mm. exurb surrounded yeah. by farmland 
Ah. Um, basically farmland. It's it's kind of proto farmland now. It's <laughs> it's not as have it used to be very productive farmland, and now it's yeah. kind of shifting into subdivisions and mini estates. Mm. But the downtown's really cute. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense. I like that sense of like fantasy creatures living, you know, having like a bakery with an apartment above it. Yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. like that image. Um, and then there's all kinds, of, but the, the point is politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so far I just have like a, a small elder council. Yeah. The, the primary government system is just like, Hey, we get to kind of make decisions for what goes on around here. Cause we're all, we've all been here for forever and we all kind of just kind of come to a consensus on things. And that's, <laughs> That's how we rule. We take and, it unto ourselves to create it. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, Shadow. Glad to have you here. Um, and so that's kind of like where that's at. And I feel like that works. Mm-hmm. That sense of like a little elder council just kind of gets together and says, hey, we need to make a decision about blah. Yeah. Well, what do we all think about blah? Well, yeah, we should probably deal with blah by this. We should do this. <laughs> Um, and then we're kind of goes, if yeah, only I... there were some adventurers here. Um... On occasion, they do pop over to the abandoned Seven Eleven that the adventurers have called have commandeered into their place because no one ever really renovated. No one ever really tried to move into it. Yeah, it was like a weird space. It wasn't well maintained. The roof was always at risk of falling in. It was just kind of left. Yeah, and then you know. When the no moved in and started building things, everyone kind of thought it'd be best just to establish a safe distance around it. <laughs> and oh yeah, that's going to come up. I need to write that down. But there will yeah. be like markers that indicate the splash zone, yeah. you know, thirty and sixty feet away from the the edges of the building. So everyone just kind of knows, like. We don't know what she's doing in there. The half orc moved in with her. We don't know what they get up to. We think it's better if we just, just, you know, let the kids remember they don't pass the yellow marker. If they pass the red rocks, that's a problem. Um, But like I said, that's all the politics I've really thought about because I don't know to what extent my players want to get into the politics. And that and that's just it. They, uh, you know, I I had this amazing this this to do list and I'm like, I'm going through it. And the the whole reason I wanted to do the campaign is because it's an empire that that I've been I've had in my games for since 92 or something a couple of years and yeah just a couple of years but this area never really got fleshed out so that's why i was like you know what this is the time we're gonna we're gonna flesh this out i decided to do the whole war thing and the the duchies and the in the interpolitics doesn't necessarily have much to do with the the players um they're a mercenary band, so it's not like they belong to any one of these factions. But I wanted to set it up in a very, um, I, I, I'm gonna yo Jimbo kind of situation, where uh, you know it's side A, a fistful of dollars, a, as a reference point. A side A will pay the mercenaries X. Side B will pay them this. Are these guys the moral choice or the money choice and and have options and stuff? And then buy some a couple of metagame rolls, like real quick metagame rolls between weeks. I can be like, oh yeah, there you catch a rumor that, you know, often, you know, the the Duchy of Zimmermensch, there's 
something's going on. There's there's bat fighting and this and that. Or off in the lands of of Hakan, it's said that there's werewolves ravaging the hills, and the villagers are uh, are paying to get rid of you know, are paying for werewolf pelts or something. You know, the it's it's that kind of say. You know me, I love a sandbox. You know. <laughs> Yeah, go go explore and see what you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, I do admit, with the other problem I bumped into is I do have a a an empire mm. that has been dropped in. So I do at some point have to resolve this fun little po- political twist. How on earth do you take a citadel that drops down in an area? So <laughs> say three quarters of a million fantasy people. Yeah, and then still have the empress have power so many years later. Which I'm the, the only thing I can think of, people are loyal, mm-hmm. and now that you have people that can at will create fireballs, right? It's kind of easy to 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 subjugate everything that you can see. <laughs> like, it, you have your community seems to have come through the a convergence event pretty well. By the way, Phoenix, welcome aboard. We're talking politics in our games, not in reality, because that's messy. Um, finding it train of thought mm. mm-hmm. finding the train of thought and oh Estaki, welcome back and thank you for supporting the stream with that subscription for 11 pin that mm. it feels easy to kind of like do the you show up into a community go, oh your you, your community has rebuilt well after the recent nearby convergence event we mm. would like to invite you to join the empire mm. and when they go well we're we're not sure we want to join the empire you blow up two buildings and then you say <laughs> so we've we've noticed that um, you have a, a fine community here. Would you mm. like to join the empire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then you kind of, kind of go from there um, as a quick sidebar to our political discussion. And we have some questions from the, the chat to go to talk about here. Oh, sure, um, sure. Azteki, I want you to know today marks the one year anniversary mm. of our first D and D game on stream. Oh, uh, I was going through. I was scrolling through Facebook. It's mm-hmm. either last night or today is the one year mark because it was in my memories. Yeah, yeah. And it's the YouTube video of session one of yeah. our my my first streamed game of D anD. Oh, nice. Uh, we we did an adventure that's best referred to as the Valley of Plenty. It mm-hmm. was uh, scripted to be six sessions. Mm. Um. And it, at some point, I will write it up and put it up on the DMs Guild. Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking it's too good of an adventure to save to myself. Right. I've run it as a one-shot. I've run it as a full game. Um, it has room to, has room to be expanded, but as a neat, like, in session one, this is your objective as the DM, get them from A to B. In session yeah. two, this is your objective as DM, get them from B to C. Um, hmm. And here's all the things you can do to get them there. Yeah. See, and that's that's the kind of thing we talked about in our DMing shows and stuff. Is you know, is when you make your new DMG D and D for five point five and or six, whatever you're going to call it, you know, definitely teach people how to transition and how to DM, not just you'll figure it out. Here's some charts. Um, So. Now the old the old DM guide was really just a collection of tables to roll on. 
Um, and hopefully things are well with you too, Azteki. I have not, I've heard nothing negative about uh, Nebula and Luna, so I'm assuming things are clipping along well. Um, because that's a, just, it's such a trip. The, that first two months, man, is such a trip. <laughs> uh, the things you will discover in that, mm-hmm. that stretch of time. You're really, really tired. Dude, you are going to be really, really tired for about 18 years. <laughs> Get used to it now. Now, now you're tired because you're up at all hours of the night because she needs a diaper change and food. Mm. Trust me, in 13 years, you're still going to be up at all hours of the night just for completely different reasons. <laughs> They're uh, staying over at Anne's house. I don't know if I like Anne that much. You know, she's uh, and her parents aren't going to be there, are they? And I, you know, that's it. You know. And then I think I think she's. I think I saw her texting something about the boys coming by. And yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. On to our topic, though. Um, mm. Orby did contribute the comment that it is hard to get played um, politics of a game. And yes, if the DM does not set up the politics for the players to insert themselves, it can be really challenging because politics are complicated yeah there are lots of factions to consider and lots of like every political mover has an objective yeah and you the dm kind of has to write all of them you play to win (laughs) or you die um i uh back in had to be like 91 or 92 the uh gamers guild you know, the summer, it was like our first summer running the Gamers Guild on campus. And, you know, almost everybody just vanished because that's that's the way college was back then. Everybody went home for summer. And so the population on campus went from like 20,000 students to like three or 4,000 students. And yeah. And so I would run... <laughs> I would run for like three months in the summer. I ran a 19 player game and I know I've brought it up before. This one's for you, Dr. Gear. That was what he said. He's like, it's really funny because he binged us. And so he's like, you guys tell us the same stories. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's because that's part of our experience. And if you don't, if you don't binge, listen to us. You know, you might forget that we just told that story a couple episodes ago. Anyway, 19 people uh, back in 91 and I was running a Game of Thrones kind of thing where it was like five or six people in a group and they were all factions. And so each one of them was in a different room and I would go from one room to the other and, you know, mix things up. And when they interacted, I would pull the other players in and into different rooms and stuff. It was madness, but it was very political, very backstabby thieves guilds and, you know, uh, wizard schools. It, it, it's a good time if you can embrace the chaos and, at the time, you know, I could I could keep it all in my head. Nowadays, I'd be like, wait, what? I, I mean, it's been like 36 hours since we played. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. And that well, that gets into that. Um, motivations are so critical if you're running a political game, um, not D&D related, but uh, having played in Vampire the Masquerade, which is a um, very can be a very political game, especially in yes. live action. Yes. Um, but then you get into the like, what does your character want and what are they trying to do and who can they maneuver? 
Yeah. And so you create these situations where this person sets this thing up and they get this in motion and they get that in motion. Um, and it's, it's really hard for me mm-hmm. to get my head around, like, what does everybody want and how do I create a story that makes that interesting? Right. Yeah. And, and in the vampire games that I've been in that were political, I mean, it was it was knocked down drag out crazy you know like the toreadors are having a party us blue are showing up on motorcycles you know and we'd like come with guns and you know and they, they're all in suits and like oh yes i'm sure hmm <sighs> how droll um- <laughs> the riffraff are here someone see if we have what do they need light beer yeah, exactly. Oh, my my bro showed up. He was watching live. <laughs> Slow internet. That is a problem sometimes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Not going to lie. But the good news, we will be posting this on YouTube later and on Anchor, which means it will be on your podcast platform of choice. Yeah. Um, good for good for commutes mm-hmm. uh, and good for other travel. Um, mm. As we were talking about on the Discord, actually, the, the idea that I spend about four, what did I say it was? Um, cause I put the, I, I estimate four hours a week ferrying the kids to and from dance class. Yeah. Wow. They're just driving to and from dance. That's not yeah. even counting the time I spend sitting at dance. Oh, oh, that's on top of, I thought that was like, yes. no, like no, no, you no. would get them there and stop and then be like, okay, well now I got an hour to, to no. sit and like, you know, no, that's just, that's just driving. There's still another three hours of sitting wow. at dance. Um, so, but yes, and that has its own politics to talk about, but not today because we're talking fantasy politics. <laughs> um, but it gets into the, like, I'll be honest, I really had a hard time when I played vampire live action, mm-hmm. gain into the politics side of it. Oh, it's always been hard for me to get into the, like, what's the point of the politic game? Mm. And I think part of that is my temperament. I mm. don't maneuver well. Mm. Uh, let me let me further explain that we found a house we liked yeah and we went through the house we we looked at we comped it we looked at all the the, looked at all the the nearby properties we're like okay we can afford to offer them this for the house and the realtor calls me about five hours later they've got three offers so they've they've rejected all of the offers that have come in Mm -hmm. they would like everyone to write their best offer and Mm. submit it by tomorrow at noon yeah. And I said, okay, good. You have our best offer. Submit it. Uh-huh. And he said, no, uh, you. we need to write a different offer. And I said, no, <laughs> no. we don't because mm-hmm. we made our best offer. Right. Well, no, you can You can do better. Like, no, no, we can't. <laughs> no. That is, and, it's the line. And we had like three cases where he's like, well, we're, we should offer this because then we can. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. we think the house is worth X. Mm-hmm. We are going to write an offer for X. Yeah. If they reject it because they want X plus Y, then mm-hmm. we keep looking for a house. Mm-hmm. And if I were you as my mm-hmm. realtor, I would tell the other realtor, this guy is not doing counter offers. Yeah. Because that's not how he works. Yep. That um so <laughs> over the years, I have played a lot of diplomacy. Uh mm. oh, what's the Roman one? Anyway, we used to play this uh this Roman one that's like an, it's an eight hour game and it's a uh, you know faction against faction mm-hmm. and 
three guys go out in the hall and are like, okay, on next turn, we need to you and this and that and, and all these. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and we've played uh, my favorite, my favorite uh, Game of Thrones. We played Game of Thrones with a couple of people who, who were really into Game of Thrones. And, and it, <laughs> it comes down to me and Dr. Gear, like, all right, tell you what, I won't cross this river here and you do your thing and this and that. And, you know, me and you will beat up on them or they'll get us or that guy just attacked you. So I'll come to your defense. And, you know, we just work it out kind of thing. And, and the guys we played with had read Game of Thrones and me and Muddy and Dr. Gear had never read Game of Thrones. So they were like, what are you guys doing? That's not how this works. If you don't X, he'll, he'll Y and he'll win. And Muddy goes, I think Greybeard will be a good king. <laughs> and and oh. it was just it was just like a board flipping moment for the other yes. guy. Yes, well, know? and that's okay. I, this is outside the, the, the RPG space, but yeah. tabletop diplomacy games mm-hmm. really turn very heavily <sighs> on every player's desire to be the winner. Mm-hmm. And the minute one player says, I'm okay with second place as long as this dude wins mm-hmm. the entire dynamic shifts or what i see a lot of times is as long as that guy loses <laughs> yes i've seen that too um and that's in game of thrones i love that as a board game because mm-hmm. it's got it has enough chunk to it where the mm-hmm. diplomacy only carries you so far right like good diplomacy doesn't win that game. You can get really far with good diplomacy, but it's not like the game diplomacy where it really comes down yeah. to your ability to lie to everybody about your intentions. Yep. Because yep. because that that one you that's all you do. You just lie to everybody about your intentions the whole game. And and as the human being I am, like you were saying, I I just it's not my gig. So like when I usually go, this is what's going to happen. You know, and I usually find a thing like we're playing Catan. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of trapped up here. Sheep and ore. That's it. That I'm going to focus on that. And then all of a sudden I've got like an army of 12 guys and, <laughs> and I've got a library and another thing. And I, and I win because it just, you know, you, you, you just kind of, OK, what can I work with here? What what can I can I do you know or uh sheriff of nottingham's one where i'm like you know i'm gonna look in your cart that's a, bluff. That's <laughs> a I, hard bluff game when i when i'm when i'm the sheriff it's just i will look in your cart uh, <laughs> do you do you want me to not look in your cart well here is my price to not look in your cart because <laughs> they know i'm not gonna bluff them they know that i will just look yep <laughs> Yep, my, my Kitty K loves that game because she loves accusing people of lying. Yeah. <laughs> That's like her favorite jam. The easiest way to win against her is just never lie mm-hmm. and just move regular goods the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's funny how often that is successful mm-hmm. until the meta shifts mm. and people are, start moving contraband because it's not beneficial to keep opening stuff. Right. But that's a whole game where the meta decides it. Um, you know, we had a question a while back we've, we've not been good about, which is unusual underground criminal organizations, mm. which is good parts of the politics because 
in any good any good fantasy setting, you have mm -hmm. the the government, mm -hmm. whatever it is, the lord, the king, and then you have the other government, which is the underground shadow organizations that 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 nobody talks about and kind of go like half sanctioned, because even the king's like, I just I don't want to deal with that crap. Right, right. It's easier to just let them be than to go through the work of getting rid of them or clearing them out or whatever. And and that's and that is almost any city-based campaign is about politics because the mind flayers are under the city and they are looking to great to get the thralls amongst the this individual or that individual or the the thieves guild has gotten you know uh sullied information on such and such you know it so almost any almost any city-based game has a lot of politics to it um you know hence a lot of times <laughs> a lot of times the adventurers are nothing but assassins hired by one faction to take out another faction. Oh yeah. There are were rats in the sewers. Okay. Mm, what are they doing? Being were rats. We need them gone. Why do you need them gone? <laughs> you know. Yeah. I would say I don't for me in games I've run, uh mm -hmm. criminal organizations have not been terribly interesting. They've been pretty Right there. Yep. Um, the closest we had was for the third story arc before Curse of Strahd. Um, the party found themselves in the city, which mm -hmm. had no functioning government. Yeah. The entire city was operated by gangs who controlled territories. Oh, yeah. And so um, everything was a, a, an illegal operation because it was all gangs. Yeah. And so it was all like there there was no peacekeeping force. There was no uh there was taxation, but it was through the guilds. Mm. So the guilds charged um uh, a lease on your license to work. Right. And they used the money from that to pay their mercenaries to go collect their licensing <laughs> fees. And if you didn't pay your fees, you had your tools of the trade destroyed right, or confiscated. Right. So right. you, you, everyone played like that was the one thing everyone played along with Hightown because yeah. nobody wanted the mercenaries showing up and, you know, wrecking your cobbler table. It's like, <laughs> fine, I'll just pay a portion up to Hightown because that's what I have to do. But they didn't rule. Right. They just charged their, their licensing fees <laughs> um, and paid their mercenaries to keep Hightown safe, which was like yeah. the gang of Hightown was this mercenary company. Yeah. And everything else was like, hey, you know, if you, you cross this street, you go from the gang of seven to the Banshee territory. Yeah. Um, and me being an absolute jerk uh, to my players, they wandered into town and went, oh, yeah, we just we just came from this place where we killed the Banshee. And the guys are like, really? You like to brag about killing banshees? You know where you need to go? There's this bar <laughs> down and around the corner. That's a great place to go tell your stories about killing banshees. Mm -hmm. um, which is funny because I was telling, you know, telling Mrs. Noir about it. She's like, wait a minute. You sent the PCs into a bar controlled by a gang called the Banshees? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I did. And, and you're like, no. I didn't. The jerk on the street in Hightown told them to where the where that's where that you should was. go. It's a great place to stay. They love to hear about that. Um, it was, and unfortunately, I 
totally underestimated the PC's power level at that point. Mm. So mm-hmm. when the Banshee gang members showed up to say, I hear you like killing members of our gang, um, they were absolutely no match for the PCs. <laughs> the PCs just wiped the floor with them. Uh, Super Son! <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was it was bad. It was really bad. Oh, man. That's, uh, that's awesome. Well, that's awesome. How about you? Yeah. Um, Interesting so- criminal undergrounds. Um, yeah, I have done a lot of them over the years. One of the, one of my favorites was, uh, a game that I was, uh, I was a player in and, uh, they, they played it up really well where that gang before it got anywhere near our PCs, they had done insight checks and knowledge checks and, and all these things. So they had figured us all out before they tried to take us on because they were like, that guy there can throw fire that just, you know, he, he you know, he, he fire throws a, a ball of fire and then everybody dies. So yeah, we, we should probably do something about that. Or, um, I, uh, in one of my city games, uh, there was, God, there had to be four major gangs and they went from everything from being like sailor thugs to being uh, a thing, uh, a group called the, like the gray glove that were all like high end burglars who only stole magic items and they stole <laughs> to wrap it in they stole them mostly for like political reasons and stuff like they wouldn't steal for oh well the lord is a just lord of the city he's you know a good he's actually a good guy we're not gonna mess with him but this guy over here is trying to mess with the good lord <laughs> so we're gonna steal his stuff uh, you know that it just it, i love uh that kind of machinations you kick, so. So you kick that up a whole different level you go steal the magic ring from the good lord yeah and you plant it <laughs> on the other guy yes and then you call the city watch <laughs> with a reliable tip of some domestic violence in the house yeah. so that you can you double whammy that that, that guy <laughs> um because that's how you do that. I'm I'm not bad at mucking with people in politics. I just don't. Mm. I'm not good at the long term planning side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you just uh, you know, uh, as advice, figure out your factions, give them motivations and goals, and then let the world do what they would do. You know, just like you, just like when you run a character, you just go, "What would my character do?" You go, "What would the sharks do in this case?" These this sailor thugs hmm well they wouldn't you know throw a ball and 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 try to plant some subterfuge no they would just start a barrel on fire of of whale oil on fire and shove it through your shop door you know um it's not exactly a subtle sort um now i will say it adjacent to politics Mm -hmm. um that i enjoy putting the players in the position i have to deal with is bureaucracy Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Ever since I started studying business law and other related topics, the idea of contracts, torts, leases, bail mm-hmm. laws, um, bailiffs versus bailees versus mm-hmm. who technically owns stuff um, becomes really fascinating in modern, to me, very fascinating in modern law. Mm-hmm. And I love 
I love doing that to players. I mm. love making them navigate bureaucracy mm. because any sizable society is going to develop one. Right. Uh, right. The minute we say, look, you own that property, you have created bureaucracy, you have created contracts, and you have created a need for people to track all of it, yeah. which it just it just grows. Well, and, you know, it's amazing because in, in early medieval China, the, the religion was the celestial bureaucracy. <laughs> and, and, you know, you had multiple multiple hells and, and levels of of things where things were built like a, a just a, a massive corporation basically you know in five or six hundred you know bc um so yeah it's it, it, again i i do enjoy bureaucracy but usually when the bureaucracy shows up in my games it's it's usually very farcical very very farcical i i i i have a hard time wheedling wheedling those daggers because i don't like it in real life <laughs> well, here's, here's what i did when i ran dragon heist i ran the first mm. third of it as mm -hmm. a, a mini campaign um and if you are in the dragon heist game that i'm running or you don't want to be spoiled skip ahead about five minutes in the podcast because mm -hmm. i'm doing this again yeah um but so they they get that they get their tavern, mm -hmm. and it's haunted. Yeah. And then they have someone show up from the town who says, "We understand you've acquired a new property. We're here to do an inspection to verify it's not haunted. If it's haunted, you have exactly twenty four hours. You have until the next sunrise to clear it of the haunting. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the property becomes forfeit, in which case it's reclaimed by the city of Waterdeep. It is leveled and turned into a green space slash community park." And uh, if you'd like, we can cut this out now. We can sign it over here. I have with me a member of the UAW who will mm. take over the clearing of the haunt in mm. order to move this process forward. UAW standing for United Altar Workers. <laughs> nice. And it was like, nice. it was some of the most fun I have with throwing that at players and watching them go, wait, what? Oh, hey, heebie-jeebie. Um and and just that like sense of oh, wait wait what what do you mean there are rules for this and they said wait we just bought it from a guy and it was haunted when he got it yeah and and their answer was well clearly they didn't file the right paperwork because mm. we have no record of the sale or inspection right but we have a record of your purchase mm. we didn't purchase it it was given to us that doesn't like, a sale mm. of zero is mm. still a sale yeah oh um and it was just it's it's a fun th and they 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 don't hold back in the book slight spoiler yeah. yeah you're you're supposed to actually rebuild it and they're like mm. so you need to talk to the drywall guild you need to talk right. to the plumbers guild you need yeah. to talk to the sewer guild you need to talk to the i mean there's just guild after guild after guild after guild who have to come in and sign off yeah. on your tavern yeah the uh when we played it over in indoors the the all that having the workers and the guilds and stuff come in we had one character who was just one character was trying to sweet talk them all the time and another one was who was secretly in love with that first character <laughs> was like out to get them because they're like 
you're moving in on my girl, you know, kind of thing. And so it was, it was crazy and, and just way out there. And my character became kind of best friends with the ghost, the haunting and ended up killing another character because that character threatened to exercise the ghost. I mean, <laughs> it was an accidental death, but it was one of those where it was like, that's our ghost. It, yeah. It, it, that's my best. That's my best friend. I'm going to bounce you off the floor. <laughs> you know, like Hulk and Loki. Um, good, good murder hobo, bad murder hobo. Exactly. <laughs> um, totally unrelated D and D. If you have mm. never seen it, there is mm. a story posted on Tumblr about a ghost who speaks to a, a woman um, by moving letters around on her fridge. <laughs> and it is like, if you are not crying by the end of the story, yeah. you have no soul. Mm. Mm. And, and what's interesting, it's implied in the story that the woman is trans mm. and is dealing with transition. But he, I, I'll be honest, my first time reading it, that mm. totally went over my head. Mm. It just struck me as a woman struggling with depression. Yeah. Um, and it was, and I, I, I was still bawling my eyes out by the end of the story. It is yeah. so, if you can track it down, I'll see if I can link it on discord at some point. Cause okay. it's such a powerful bit of writing. Um, but it's really well done. And it's that idea of like the resident ghost. Yeah. Which is yeah. A, a neat trope to play with. Um, and, and, and deal with, uh, and it, it again, you can't have a city with haunted houses. That's mm. unsafe. Right. And right. Yeah. And part of the point of government is to, is to ensure, ensure the general welfare. That's really most mm. governments are established in the sense of we're here to make your life better, which is why you let us do the things we do to you. <laughs> I mean, really, boil, if you boil it down, we can laugh at it and we should, right. but if you boil it down, the reason in a fantasy community that they let the city watch walk around and question people yeah, is because on the average, it's better to get stopped periodically by a watchman who's going, where are you going this hour of the night mm -hmm. than it is to not have them question mm -hmm. people who are robbing houses, <laughs> you know, mugging people on the street. Like you, you, you sacrifice a little bit of that. I go where I go when I want for not being mugged because the city watch <laughs> catches muggers right your 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 building doesn't have an accident because the city watch is there to go hey it, hey you with the, the 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 barrel of whale oil what are you doing there you know um <laughs> exactly um it's i know it's tough and i know there's a lot of like modern politics that get wrapped up in in the modern city watch mm -hmm. um which you can like going going here know your players and know how far you want to go with this. Right. Um, I, I will admit there are some times where I'm like, Oh man, things being what they are. Do I really want the city watch to be good guys in this town? Cause it might be kind of cathartic for them not to be. Right. Right. Um, and at the same time, it's like, well, on the other hand, you know, they are just characters doing their jobs and, and they all kind of signed on for whatever reason to be part of this. And, you know, they're generally outclassed by the criminal elements because, you know, they're trying to take people alive to put on trial and put in prisons. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of fighting with one sword tied behind their back. 
Right. Why, why does the city watch have staves and clubs, <laughs> you know, a, a quarterstaff and a club, you know? And meanwhile, I've got heavy crossbow and fireball. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a big believer in like level one and maybe even level two spellcasters signing on mm. the city watch mm -hmm. up to a certain point. Like you get past that. You're like, why are you chilling out with these guys? You should be out doing your thing um with everybody else you should not be you know go go adventure if you're that powerful don't hang out here but you only gotta be what level two to cast hold person right uh, uh shield and um you know counter spell those are ones that 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 like um if i have so i have a city a massive city that is a, a wizard archie and and they have all this yeah they have all this you know wizard technology you know i mean it, it is nothing to see people fly by on a magic carpet or a broom in this city because it's all wizards <laughs> you know like the whole place is magic and um so their city watch is basically you know four guys with sticks and clubs and one guy who is wizard, you know, and his job usually is to go pyrotechnics in the sky, you know, as soon as the in the, the situation becomes dire and then said whirling zipping people can either teleport in and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, well, what, what poof, you're teleported. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is a scene that, uh, if Muddy listens to this, he'll remember. Him and another character were caught fighting in the streets by the Wizards Council, and they had to go to, on trial before the Wizards. And the Wizards just, <laughs> I had it all like a darkened, weird room with funky lights and all this. And they would, they would ask a question, and then they would say, touch the orb. And there was just like a floating, like glow ball, you know, thing in the characters would touch it and i'd be like are you telling the truth you know <laughs> and they'd be like no <laughs> you know fire damage lightning damage <laughs> type stuff so so yeah you know you with government it, it, it all rolls down your bureaucracy is going to be a lot like whatever basis of government you have mm -hmm. um you know so so feel free to be funky about it you know a beholder, you know, is the actual ruler of the town, but nobody knows that. They think it's a council of wizards that live at the top of the tower. You know, there's a shining tower that, you know, glows and is magical and all this. But it's actually a beholder up there who's like, uh -huh. I, you know, everybody's like, oh, a beholder's evil and this and that. Sure. But, you know, making lots of money and making everything so good around you that that you are all powerful and everybody does what you say because like holy crap our lives are good here have you seen beyond the walls <laughs> you know how many people have broken an ankle walking down the streets these are actually maintained mm -hmm. people get paid to replace the cobblestones when they shift yeah. So, and somebody sweeps up the horse dung. <laughs> he gets paid really well for it because it's kind of a crappy job. <laughs> he, has, he has health care and dental. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
paid leave. Um, <laughs> His wife had their 14th child and he was off for two weeks and, and, and got paid for the time. Like, <laughs> yes. Who does that? Meanwhile, there's like eight tentacled <laughs> monsters sitting in this tower, like on piles and piles of gold because everybody wants to live here and everybody wants to be good because, well, you know. Well, and that's OK. So we've talked about alignment before, mm -hmm. um, but that's one of the weird quirks to lawful evil. Mm -hmm. And people I, I've, I've said this before. I think we're talking about on Discord. We're talking about chaotic good versus lawful good. And mm -hmm. lawful good doesn't mean lawful stupid. It means you like your rules and you mm -hmm. like doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I do think most people fall into the lawful good category. Like mm -hmm. we kind of like a little bit of predictability in our lives. Yep. And we like to make sure the world is a generally positive, supportive place. Yep. Chaotic goods like, well, are they rules or are they guidelines? <laughs> and that that's a, that's a tough life to lead in a lawful society. Yes. Um, and chaotic societies have lots of pro can have lots of challenges, right? Because of that whole unpredictability that comes with being chaotic. Again, you've got you've got the chaotic good character who's like, well, that family's starving. That windowsill has three pies on it. Yep. <laughs> you know. Well, the, I'm going to strive for this inequality balanced now. <laughs> yeah, the, the great irony of it is you can be a dyed in the wool revolutionary. We are all for freedom for all people. Mm -hmm. And then you move into a commune mm. and suddenly you are crazy lawful <laughs> because like communes don't work without rules. I mean, if I if I just made a pizza, there better yeah. be a piece for me when I pull it out of the you know after it cools when I pull it out of the oven. Um, like no, that's that's the rule. I made the damn pizza. I get half of it. Yeah, you know, if you want more pizza, make your own pizza. Um, and so that being said, it's really easy to slide into that. Like a lawful evil character can be a very good ruler mm. in a fantasy setting because it's like. There's a watch. People don't mm -hmm. get robbed. People pay taxes. There's, yeah, there's some people that don't have it as well as maybe they should, but the rules are there to be, to help maintain order. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't look too closely at how much gold ends up in the wizard tower. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, it makes sense to pay taxes because, oh. you know, it's not that bad. Yeah, the the in so a lawful good society versus necessarily a lawful evil society. It would be like in the lawful good society, there isn't debtors jail. I'm sorry, you took you know things didn't work out for you. What can we do to make it right? Let's work together to mm -hmm. make this happen. Lawful evil. Eh, you took the risk. You shouldn't have. You should shouldn't have done the crime if you didn't want to do the time. Debtors' prison. Yep. Chaotic <laughs> you get to is, break rocks. <laughs> chaotic good is, tra is traffic laws. It's kind of okay to go faster than the speed limits if nobody gets hurt. <laughs> well, that's the, the problem with the, the see the thing about speed limits. If you believe them, is that statistically somebody will get hurt if you go faster than that. The probability of injury increases if you go past that speed. 
Um, that's assuming traffic laws are written in a way. Chaotic evil as traffic laws is stop signs are suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, uh, it, though. It, it wouldn't chaotic evil be stop signs are opportunities. <laughs> 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 it's interesting though too like you don't know if you have libertarian leanings <clears throat> until you pull up to a red light in <clears throat> the middle of the night with no other traffic yeah. and find yourself going f this i'm going through <laughs> and and it's 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 that like you you know you're lawful good people and most people are because they will sit at that light mm. Until it turns green when there's nobody around, but but there's a red light, and mm. I need to wait till it turns green. Yeah. Oh, uh, I recently took a you know uh, a, there's a chart the X Y you know nine mm -hmm. bar alignment chart. I took it and I'm like, of course I'm gonna I'm gonna be chaotic good because that's that's who I am. And I I ended up in the in the uh, what was it uh, neutral good. Yep. I, I ended up in the neutral good. I was like, huh? All right. I, yep. I'm, I'm okay with that. I guess. I think of myself as a rebel, but um, <laughs> but, but again, really. but again, I would only break the rules to save someone else. Yep. You know, it would have to be that extreme of a situation mm -hmm. before before I would uh, before I go out of my way to. Lawful characters like the fact that the world is a little predictable. Mm -hmm. And again, if you look over history, um, societies created as, were created as they were to address um, unpredictability, mm -hmm. to say, hey, look, you know, we're going to pool our food together because you might have a lousy crop this year and I might have a bumper crop and we don't want you to starve. All right. So we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of makes some sense. Yeah, uh, I always joked. This is my favorite way of doing the various lawfuls. Mm -hmm. Is you have three adventurers who agree to rid a town of a horrible plague upon it, mm. and they all agree they will do this. They all swear an oath, mm. and then they find out the plague is caused by this this cursed child. Mm. The lawful good character says, "Well, we must further our quest to find the source of the girl's curse." Mm. The lawful evil character or lawful neutral character says, "Well, if we kill the girl, we fulfilled our oath." Mm -hmm. Lawful evil says, you know, we should get her whole family just to be safe. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that's, uh, it, yeah, that leads <laughs> down a weird road to, to for, uh, you know, like um, a lot of characters have that, I, I'm an orphan. So that the DM can never use a family member or anyone against me, and you're like, I'm burning the orphanage as the DM. <laughs> and I, you know, um, I hated the orphanage. The orphanage is now taking in all the children. You know, and then they're like, burn the orphanage. Um, you know, well, so. it's like that—that's as a sidebar. That's a sign of someone who's been used and abused too many mm. times <laughs> and hasn't had good conversations with their DMs. <laughs> Um, I haven't made that very clear in my table rules for the convergence because the convergence yeah. has kind of like a more open background on it. Mm. But I've hint I think I, I may have hinted at it with my Dragon Heist group, which is you are allowed to tell me mm -hmm. about NPC fates ahead of time. Yeah. Like if we have a role play going and you're getting into this NPC and they're kind of cool and you're like, dude, I like this person. I want I want to do more stories with them. Please don't abuse them. Right. Like, okay. 
that's fine. That's the if 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 me kidnapping and potentially murdering this NPC would ruin your fun at the table, yeah, that's off the table. Yeah, in in uh, in Dragon Heist, LB did that yep. with Indoor. Was like this this is this NPC is my sister, and this, yep. they are they have plot armor. Yep. you know. So, um, and again, that's, that's totally fair to, to be like that. Um, the other thing too is, is, I mean, how fun is it when they, the party obviously beloves an NPC and then, you know, as, as just a human being, you're like, I have to threaten. Them. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. How much AC does plot armor add Wait, Well, it adds, it adds enough to make sure your players are still having fun. Mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's weird you can actually like if you if you talk to the players ahead of time to get some buy-in mm-hmm. you can some with the right groups you can actually get the npc they don't want to have hurt in harm's way right because the tension of how are we going to get them we know this npc will survive right we know they are not going to fall into the lava mm-hmm. but a good group of players will play stupid right Right. They will see it's their job to figure out how to tell a story to keep that NPC from falling into the lava because that's what makes the story work. In that it works beautiful in specifically in superhero games because I mean Robin Boy hostage, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, if Lois Lane just was like dead, you know, it would be like Superman and be like okay, now I hate and, and I'm just going to kill the world. Everybody, everybody takes some laser eyes, you know, um, uh, we've seen that on Amazon. It's called the boys. Yes, exactly. It. Not a fun yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Definite warning. Yeah. By, by the way, um, if you are under the age of 18, you probably should not watch that. Um, actually, even if you're over 18, I'd still caution like, you know, this is, this is what happens when you take like Michael Bay Mm-hmm. And let him do a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah. And then some. It's pretty it's pretty I understand it's very true to the source material. It 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 really is, except the dog can talk and the dog it did the, the, the uh, oh what's his name? The main character anyway. His his dog can talk and his dog is nuts and stuff. Ah. And it, it it is it is much, much worse oh, in yeah, than than That's the actual thought. they pulled it back for i mean they still hit the beats but they they pulled back some of the peripheral you know there was an age there was an age where comic books were pushing lines and being written for adults well and it's funny speaking of that age because i find myself often quoting the movie heavy metal yeah which is also from that like early age of we're going to make cartoons for Mm grown-ups um and one of my favorite lines is don't worry charlie i got an angle yeah (laughs) And it's a total, it's a total takeoff from that movie. Um, it makes no sense out of like, like the whole Charlie bit makes no sense unless mm-hmm. you've seen it. Um, but it is in that category of just really fun. Like that's, yeah. that's my go-to line of, don't worry, it's all going to work out. Um, which I really gonna, shouldn't do. I'm not going to walk around this place. Wow. I look great. I'm not going to walk around this place with my dork hanging out. <laughs> he puts on a loincloth. And, oh, that, that heavy metal is amazing. Um, real, since we're, since we're way off in the weeds at this point. Which is good because uh, we're getting close to the end of the, of okay, the show. Okay, good, good, good. Have you uh, know I was 14? I think I was 14 when I watched it too. 
Ralph Ralph Bakshi did a show, uh, an animated movie called Wizards. Yes, if, he did. If you have never seen Wizards, it is <laughs> it, it is eye opening. I I recommended it. Indoor watched it and was like. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because because you're like that when when I started playing D&D, there was no this is how you play D&D. You know, it was sci fi and fantasy and wizards and OK, whatever. Let's do it. You know, I mean, sure. You guys have a horseless carriage that has a wizard painted on the side. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> sure. Why not? Why wouldn't you? You know, so. So, yeah. So wizards is like that. And I, I, I still want to do spoilers, but watch it. You'll you'll adore it or you'll go. Why did Greybeard send me to this piece of garbage? <laughs> a lot of you know what like, a lot of things produced in the seventies and eighties fit that bill. Yeah. Um, somebody asked on Twitter what uh, everyone's favorite Tim Curry movie was, and why is it all of them? <laughs> and, and the movie I popped in was like, one of my favorite movies that has Tim Curry mm-hmm. is a little gem, a little to me gem called Oscar. Oh, ooh! I thought I knew which one you were going to say, oh, but oh, and it's, okay. it's it's based off a French play. I understand, mm-hmm. um, but the 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 gist of it is Sylvester Stallone plays a a mobster mm. who promises his father that he will go straight and yep. give up crime, and the whole movie then takes place over the first day he tries to be honest. Nice, and it's yeah. it's, it's a classical farce. Yeah. Of of mistaken identities. Uh, there's like three different matching handbags. There's the in and out of the doors things. Like I, one goes out, one goes in. Tim Curry mm-hmm. plays an elocution teacher mm-hmm. that that Stallone's character has hired to make him sound less like a gangster and right. more like a banker. Yep. <laughs> and it's just it's just it. And and Tim Curry never puts. He always puts everything out there. He never leaves mm-hmm. anything behind when he gets into a part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank Arby. Thank you for for sharing that you've seen it because it is a movie that not a lot of people have heard of. Yeah, and it's I think I think it's one of Stallone's best acted movies. Well, until you until you said Stallone and gangster, I was like, okay, I don't I don't know this Tim Curry. Really, no, Tim Curry? Good. But then when you when you once you started explaining, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. What did you think was, I was going to say? I thought you were going to mention Legend. Because, oh. you know, it's Tim Curry as the freaking devil. And 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 when you look, you're like, Tim Curry's like, I don't know if it's a rubber suit or whatever, but he's ripped. He's like ripped and he, he's the devil. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's I mean, he's just so amazing and so flexible. And, and it's not that movie. It doesn't pull back he he is like you said he is 100 percent whatever the character is that's who he's going to maybe be maybe we should make a whole topic of just reviewing tim curry movies because i'm like <laughs> if you watch muppet treasure island <laughs> let's be honest he is like he's acting alongside muppets and you believe every second of it Jack Jack Sparrow, eat your heart out. Um, (laughs) The Hunt for Red October. It's a minor part, but it's like he's he's there the whole way through. Um, And then Criminal Minds. Mm. Criminal Minds got him for a two-parter as the villain. 
I don't remember it. And it's a series, though. That's a series. TV show. Minds. Yeah. Okay. He was on, okay. It was on. The, it was a TV. He's a t- my, my, right now. Mrs. Noir and I are binging. Yeah. Criminal Minds as our. We need to watch some TV. Well, yeah. Mystery of the week. Right. Um, right. But he was on a two two parter. Yeah. As the bad guy, um, and that is not a, the thing about Criminal Minds. That's not a spoiler. That's why we yeah. like it so much. It's more about like, can we figure out what their motivation is for everything? Because like usual CSI episodes, it's here is an innocuous here's an innocuous NPC that you meet that mm. you will have an interaction with in the first five minutes, and in the last five minutes, find out they're the killer. Yeah, because that's yeah. like every episode follows that. Um, <laughs> Criminal Minds does not, which is why we like it. Nice. We are so off politics. We probably yeah. should consider this our, our cue to go home. Yeah, yeah, uh, let, yeah. Let the girls clean up at the bar, um, mm. settle up the tab and everything. We're going to meet again in two weeks. Maybe we'll talk lore. Maybe we'll talk Tim Curry movies. Yeah. Because we could probably <laughs> do that for an hour if we wanted to. Um, but we'll just have to talk some D&D at the front and the back end so we can keep the D&D label on us. All right. All right. Um, what have you got coming up in the next couple of weeks, D&D or otherwise? So I um, are... Our Monster Noir on Thursday nights is uh, down to uh, we're on hiatus. We had students who are heading to finals and and whatnot. And there's a whole ton of stuff going on there. So I all I really have is Sunday, 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 where I'm playing Wilder Myth. And uh, uh, I'm just going to say Wilder Myth allows me to play with all my toys and and have a good time with, you know, that. Um, And I'm just going to say. I I am I'm so excited because I was as far as I can find the first streamer that the official Wilder Myth Twitter promoted and 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 stuff and so now almost any tweet or whatever that I put out uh, that has Wilder Myth in it they just they just move it along. And nice. so, so, so it's, it's really gratifying to be like, you know, I love your game and you obviously are like, yeah, we love our game too. You know, <laughs> this, this is a fanboy. We have got yeah. ourselves a fan. How is yeah. Lantern doing in that game? Oh, so, um, it's great because because you had you had to, you know, you were lurking or whatever and you had to walk away. So we just left you as is you like your look and everything so you've got the short hair you're the uh kind of uh uh not snarky girl but uh i'll take it yeah you're kind of a mad you're kind of the magic pixie girl kind of thing going on with 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 that so but you got the red hair and uh and um i i nearly i nearly get had a tpk it was it was really fudged up. I was I was scared. Um, but anyway, Wilder Mist is pretty much the only thing I'm doing uh, uh, on the air streaming where you can see me that and our, our wonderful podcast. Um, and I'll definitely let you know if I'm doing anything else. But off screen, I'm about to with the group I play with in the that's run by a sound design guy and everything. We're about to do a six part Call of Cthulhu game. Um, where nice. we're college, where we're called college students, which for most of them, they are college students. So that, that's pretty cool. And, um, and then of course me and the grognards are about to in, embark on this mercenary socio-political religious war, uh, campaign on Saturday nights. So nice. I'm sure you'll hear something about that. Um, yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. And <laughs> I will say with Wildermuth, I started, I played it yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my I I, I, I tweeted that I was, and then Wildermyth mm-hmm. asked me how the game went on Twitter. Nice. And, yeah. And my response is, it's not as brutal as XCOM, mm-hmm. but it hits you in the feels because I had a main character. I want my characters die mm-hmm. at the end of chapter one, and it's not like. People die in XCOM, you're like, oh, crap, man. We are mm-hmm. we might not beat this mission because we're down a person. And that yeah. hits you in the feels. And, like, yeah. this one, they give you, like, last words. Oh, yeah. It's, oh. And it's oh. like, oh, crap. And you have to pick their last words because there are game benefits based on which way mm-hmm. you go. And, and then there's, like, aftermath of it where it's like, okay, do we build a memorial? Do we take them home and bury them at the whole oh, yeah. town? You've had you've had a funeral and stuff then, obviously. Uh, uh, I've not had a funeral because we haven't built the memorial yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I good, think good. we have to go build the memorial, or it happened between chapters. Yeah, because time yeah. advanced, and now the memorial is just there. So I got spared the funeral. Right so far. Well, and what's funny is is I I have stuck with my I will not I will not play Wilder Myth except for Sunday mornings, which is just brutal because there's people who are like you know they see me play they start playing it and by the next sunday yeah by the next sunday they're like i just finished book four you know and she's like yeah i get jealous but but i'm I'm sticking to my guns yeah and then they once once the floodgate opened with like you know them repeating and and retweeting my stuff i just see it now they've become so much more interactive with their player base and i'm like you guys should this stuff is amazing i've got i've got a hype uh you know hype mystic is a bubble a bubble gum purple skinned you know sorceress who has raven wings a scorpion tail and you know and, and she radiates damage where are you gonna play that <laughs> It is. It's an. Um, it's a. It is a really good game. It's. Yeah. I. I I'm not gonna lie. It, it was hard for me this morning because I streamed again today, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Do I want to play XCOM or do I want to play more Wildermyth?" And I. I win mm-hmm. XCOM, partially because I was. I left off on stream in the middle of a mission, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just need to finish this mission. Yeah. Like I hate having that hanging over my head, and then I just once I was in it, I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah. Um, I'm and I'm that one though. I'm not limiting only to on stream, partially because the first <clears throat> like three hours mm-hmm. is boring and brutal. Because mm-hmm. it is, you're just kind of like getting your base started, and you're right. doing a lot of like grunt missions. Like the game doesn't really that that game. You, you need some momentum, yeah, to get some good decision points in it. Um, whereas um, Crimson, good to see you here. Glad you're popping in for a little bit. Um, yeah, we've. The schedule-wise, I guess this is a good point to talk about as we wrap oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, our schedule has shifted a little bit. Because of my work situation, being back at work full-time, with the kids being busy, we are down to every other Tuesday. Um, they're about. If, if it looks like I have to cancel because of a dentist or a doctor's appointment, we'll, we'll move forward or backwards. So you mm-hmm. like, might get back-to-back weeks. Uh, but it was just something that had to, I had to, something had to give. Yeah. Um, so we do this every other week. Um, then I've got Tomorrow night, I've got parent-teacher conferences, so there's no convergence, which mm-hmm. makes me sad. Um, but you can watch episode one on YouTube, uh, which is fun. Um, and then Sunday night, we officially start Dragon Heist. Oh, we had a, we had a, we missed our we missed a week. We had our mm-hmm. sessions zero. We took Halloween off because mm-hmm. one of the players had planned to go to a party. Nothing, you know, I don't respect that. So we're going to be up and running. So we're starting Dragon Heist on yeah. Sunday, and then on. Um, the following Wednesday, we're back to convergence again. 
So that's clipping along. It's 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 a lot of fun. In fact, as soon as I sign off, I have to email the guy who's one of the people who's making uh, maps for me. Oh goodness! Awesome. I'm maps awesome. made for the major zones. Right, right, uh, right. Which is fun because it's like it half writes it for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, here's the map. I could put this here, and I can put this here, and this encounter goes here. Oh. Um, it makes the plane switch. So busy week. It's a typical week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I have I. I've been trying to, when the school year started, I was keeping my two stream D&D games per week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that worked out okay. And it's actually been a weird month because October mm. has been a very quiet month for me. Oh. Um, hmm. Relatively speaking. And I'm kind of hoping to get some momentum again going into the holidays. Yeah. Uh, and gearing up for my retirement. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the uh, Yeah. So uh, I moving into into different phases and stuff like that you you've got to you've got to strive for that stream stream life balance until <laughs> until you can get to that retirement moment man so yeah well so. and here's here's how i judge my weeks and this will be my wrap up uh, mm. my days is i have days that are i'm going to teach until june mm. and mm-hmm. then i have days that are i'm teaching till march but i'll let everybody know well in advance that i'm retiring in march yeah and then i have days that are i'm retiring in march and I ain't telling nobody until March. <laughs> um, because it's like, you know what? I've had it. Screw that. Mm-hmm. Screw the world. I'm yeah. just not going to show up one day. Um, and I'll just file my paperwork. Are you into cinematic style games like Detroit Become Human and Until Dawn? Mm. I can be. And that's a longer question than we have time for as we're yeah. winding down. Yeah, right? yeah. How about you? Definitely. Are you into those? Uh, so it's, yeah, I'm going to say I kind of love though that kind of game. I have issues with vertigo, so some of them are hard to play, but I, those are the games. Sometimes I like to watch other people play and that, that, that becomes really great. I do have a, a thought for the day at the end. So when we get there, I, uh, uh, hit me up with that opportunity. But yeah, uh, again, definitely bring that back. We will try to pin it and kind of maybe talk about it next time or, uh, yeah. you know, in, in the future. That would be uh, a good you, topic to, to kick around. You can always, uh, you can always email us, right? You can send an email topic. to oldtimertavern at gmail.com. You can also join um, our Discord, uh, which I do not have a hot link for at the moment. Let me see. I think it's it's either social or socials. There it is. Hey. Um, to, to get us know there. Um, yeah, we will definitely talk about that. And then very quickly, I'm using a Yeti Blue Nano. Mm-hmm. Great. What's your mic? Uh, I'm I'm using the the bigger Yeti. Uh, Full size Yeti. Yeah, it's been it's been my mic for seven years now. So. <laughs> Cool beans. Um, no. So thank you for downloading this podcast um, on whatever platform you use. If you did download it and you have not reviewed it, please consider taking five minutes. Leave us a review on that platform. Um, it helps other people find our content, find some of the interesting conversations we've had. Let's them binge it and see that we do really do recycle stories from time to time, but mm. you really won't notice unless you watch, listen to <laughs> all of the episodes back to back. Um, I would also like, again, to thank one of our sponsors, Sweet Steam of SweetSteam.com. Uh, if you use the code Steam Noir while you're there, you can get a steampunk-themed chocolate for um, 5% off your whole order. Um, they've got amazing stuff. They've got the the a Hinden, the 
oh shoot it's it's a hindenburg themed chocolate mm-hmm. which has like a jalapeno taste to it <laughs> oh um, the humanity they oh. also have a chocolate which is dark <laughs> chocolate <laughs> with sea salt and caramel in it um yeah the sea salt i think the the, the real piss mm-hmm. resistance in that mm-hmm. um and all kinds of other fun stuff um and then thank you for coming by graybeard do you have your past a final thought for our podcast listeners I wore, I wore my shirt, vote zombie, brain power. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that was my thought for this week. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.